Well, uh, everybody, the vibes were immaculate yesterday at BMO Field. Uh, a well-deserved 2-1 win for Toronto FC against Atlanta United. Uh, welcome to the day after Tunnel Club show um, with your host, Mike Newell, along with Sean Levy. As always, you can follow me at Football Saves. Uh, you can follow Sean at CDN Footy. Um, but I mean, yesterday was, uh, you know, a, a continuation of what we hope is a trend. I mean, I think it's a little early or a little too early uh, to say that the, the ship has turned. But, you know, I, I think there are some encouraging signs um, that we're seeing from this team over the last couple of games, even a little bit from the Red Bull game. And I know that was a disappointing result um, in the way that happened, but it feels like maybe a switch has been flipped a little bit um, with this team. Um, but as always, uh, I want to invite Sean in first before we open up to the audience uh, and just get your impressions on last night's game. Sean, you were there. I was there. Um, you know, just give me your thoughts on the game and the vibe overall in the stadium. Um, well, first of all, it's great to be back. Um, so, Watching from from you know the south end, obviously it's a different viewpoint. But um, one of the first things I noticed, like when I was rewatching some of the highlights earlier, is that the team was on the front foot again, and that's one of the things I've noticed in the past two games is that they're not sitting back and waiting for the other team to attack and hoping that they can absorb the pressure. They were on the front foot. Um, you know, Akinola almost had a turnover literally within the first thirty seconds, and that is a positive change that I've noticed in the club. Um, you know, even after late in the second, or not necessarily late in the second half, when when Atlanta came and scored, which we'll touch on a little bit later, but you didn't see the team fold. You didn't see heads drop. You saw the resilience that we've actually spoken about throughout the season, a team that's willing to fight to the end. And that Ralph Prizzo goal, absolute beauty. Um, you know, like I said, there's there's areas we can nitpick on. There's areas we can point and 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 go over. But with specifically the last two games, there's definitely a positive vibe within the team. How they're playing, a more confident team. Um, they seem to the structure seems to like everyone seems to understand what is asked and required of them, and everybody's is is playing their part. And that's one of the things I'm noticing. And then when you come to the fans. You could feel it yesterday, and I you touched on it after Wednesday's game, and I wasn't there, but I could feel exactly what you were talking about with the fan base, the crowd, the the energy that that seems to be coming back, and that was something that I definitely noticed yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. We'll touch on a few things uh, throughout the show, definitely about uh, the crowd last night. Um, obviously, a certain uh a certain dp player was in attendance and and that might have helped a little bit but i also think um some of the vibes are are slightly returning to bmo field as we sort of get back to quote unquote normal i don't know if that's exactly true but um anyway we're we're kind of getting into that area but let's talk about the game a little bit again like we said off the top 2-1 win uh for toronto fc well deserved win uh, i thought it was a deserved win i thought tfc for the most part Controlled most of the game, um, you know, if we, especially if we talk about the first half. Um, definitely right off the bat, again, similar to uh, the Cup game against Montreal midweek. Right off the bat, press in your face. I mean, Io, you know, picked the ball off within the first 20 seconds and could have been in um, if it was just a, a slightly better touch. Um, but you, you saw the energy levels rise at the beginning of the match. And it clear... It's clear that um, Bob Bradley has sort of made the tactical adjustment or has made the comment to the group, and it's starting to sink in now that the starts just have to be better um, with, with this team. And over the last two games, you've seen this team start much, much better, like a market, a day and night, basically. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, Sean, and you know, maybe we'll start to invite um, everybody in the room to, to chime in. Uh, if you want to grab the mic, feel free. It's, uh, if you're on your phone, to the bottom left-hand corner. Uh, just request the mic, and we'll get your thoughts in on the game or the state of the club at this point. But 
uh, yeah, Sean, just your thoughts on the start of the match. It just felt like TFC were, uh, you know, ready to go right off the bat. Yeah, um, as you said, they were on the front foot from the from the get go, and that, like I said, that's something you've noticed in the past two games is that they want it's the hunger, the desire to 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 basically we're gonna bring it and let the other team see if they can handle what we the pressure that we're we're about to put on, and it's it's you know like I said the, the last two games noticeable um, difference in how aggressive they are, how hungry they are. Um, and it's 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 not like as if it's individuals that you feel it you see it as a team buying into the system and everyone understanding their role. That's what I'm noticing. I don't know. Again, this is maybe a perfect you know when you have two wins, there's not much that we need to kind of dwell on. So this is a time like let's hear what the audience said. Let's see what people saw. You know, there's definitely areas we can touch on of, of not necessarily concern, just little mistakes like. You know, the goal that was caused to me, there was a combination of, of, of mistakes, but as a whole, I'm extremely happy. Yeah, I think, you know, going into sort of the build up play to the first goal by Jonathan Osorio, I, I think, again, it comes from, you know, the, the front, the front players pressing the defenders into mistakes, right? It's Jesus Jimenez closing down the defender, uh, putting in a tackle to win the ball back. Uh, and then really initiating the play. And then Ayo uh, Akinola does a great job of not only just being a little bit patient with the ball, because he could probably played uh, a pretty first-time ball through, um, I believe also was a little further advanced, so he could have played him through. But instead, just holding the ball a little bit and allowing um, the midfield players to to get involved in the play. Um, and then he slips in Jaden Nelson, who again I thought had a great, had a pretty good first half. I know some people are going to talk a little bit about decision making, which I think we've beaten to death on this show about Jaden's decision making. But overall, I thought his impact was great, and I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, you know, he he slides in a, a great pass to Oso, and then really Oso does what Oso does best, right? Like he he gets the ball in tight space, and his feet. Um, you know, I think that's that's been one of his great traits over, you know, the the length of time he's been with Toronto FC. Really great feat uh, to to shake the defender, and then uh, his decision to go with power near post on the shot. I mean, if he tries to place that, I think uh, Rios Nova saves that. Uh, Nova Rios, I think his name is. Yeah, he he would have saved that, but instead goes for power near post, uh, and it's one nil TFC. And I think that's. Uh, Again, that's the signs, the flashes that we've been talking about in terms of TFC and possession. I think we've been seeing that throughout the year, but this these last two games are the first times we've seen a consistent game over game uh, sort of improvement and continuation of that sort of build up play uh, in the attack. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. I think um, it's the consistency aspect in the last two games. It's not moments, you know, you know, 10, 15-minute spells here and there. It's, you know, you can say 80 to 90% of the game that they were more in tune as a unit of where to be, when to pass. Like, it, again, that's kind of the system that we, we've heard about, and it seems as if everyone's getting it, buying it. And like I said, maybe the, some guys are just more motivated uh, or trying to prove a point, you know, the window's opening. There's so much, there's been a lot of talk. A lot of these guys, it's, it's you know, these couple games, you know, that have passed and are coming up are prove-it moments that if you really, you know, like, are you going to be part of that 18? Or are you going to be, like, you know, competing and, and giving Bradley a headache of who to choose uh, week in, week out? Absolutely. And, you know, I think, look, I think in the end of the day, um Look, those those uh, those young players know that helps coming, and they know that eventually they are going to uh, probably sit at a certain point. But I think they want to make the decision, as you said, as hard on Michael on Michael on Rob Bradley as possible, right? And and I think those those young players have really stepped up. I um, mean, it's interesting. Ralph, Ralph Preso uh, said after the game. You know, he the, the young players know that the fan base have been frustrated with them, right? I, I think they feel that. Um, but at the same time, you know, he he's made the point that we've made on this show that other shows have made. Um, 
that this will pay off in the long run for some of these guys, right? Not every, not all the guys are going to end up being, um, you know, automatic first team players in the future, right? Uh, some, you know, will be, you know, you know, depth guys, you know, guys in the 18, um, you know, and, and some guys will rise and, and become, become starters, but that what we're, I think what we're now slowly, and I, and I preface and, and really cautiously say slowly, because I don't think we're there yet. But I think what we're seeing is that these young players are starting to grasp, you know, how to play the game in segments. And I think that's something Bob Bradley has been talking about, that game awareness of where you are in a moment, in certain moments of the game. And some of those players who have been getting consistent minutes and being run out there every week. And I know we've, even on Toronto till I die, we talked about it last week. You know, is it too much for the young players? Is it is a lot? Um, some of that is starting to show and some of that maturity is starting to show. Um, and, and I thought it was, uh, I thought it was no better than just Jaden Nelson's sort of first half performance in the sense that yes, he's still, you know, making some decisions that are head scratching at times, but again, I would rather live with him, sort of being aggressive in some of those decisions in terms of running at players than kind of being passive. Um, and, and, I mean, he gets another assist. I think he's tied for the team lead in assists with with uh, Pozuelo now. Um, and I think Oso. I think they're all tied with four assists. So, you know, as much as we get on Jaden sometimes, he's making positive contributions to the team. No, 100%. Like, the problem is, is that, and I think we've said it, we've heard it, you have to live and die with the way Jaden plays. Like, it's he's not going to all of a sudden become a, a player that is always going to, you know, pass first. He's that more of aggressive, wanting to beat a man, one-on-one nature type of player. And that's always going to be his, his good or bad, that's him, right? And so I think as a fan base, we have to learn, like, there's going to be many days of frustration seeing that, but you have to understand that that, you know, it's probably the benefit will outweigh the, the, the negativity or the, 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 the mistakes that, that will happen or the turnovers. Right. Um, so I think as I said, there's no point to continuously harp on, on some of the, his decision-making because it will get better, but Jaden is Jaden. Yes, Absolutely. Um, and I'm just I'm pinning some tweets to the uh, to the space, so uh, feel free to take a look at them. But some of these are really interesting. First of all, I'll get to the, my tweet on the vibe post game vibes in a moment. But I'm posting a couple things, so if you're on your phone, you can swipe through them. But um, you know, uh, just about the fact that it, look, TFC is the only team in in, in in MLS that has multiple teenagers who have scored goals this season. We're at four. Um, no team has more than one. Uh, and I think that says, I think, a lot in terms of just the way that, just the way that, you know, the, the, these players are, are still moving through their development and they're getting their moments. And, yeah, they're going to make mistakes and sometimes they're going to mess up uh, in, in terms of that, but they are progressing and they are getting better. And then it's happening as you're now starting to get reinforcements um, into the team. And I think that is, that is a key. I think that is, um, uh, that is something that's really exciting to see. Uh, and then the other thing about this, and again, um, you know, we'd love to hear your thoughts if you were at the game or if you were watching at home, you know, we'd love to get your thoughts on the game. Go ahead and request the mic there at the bottom uh, left-hand corner. If you are on your uh, phone, uh, we'd love to get your thoughts there. Uh, grab the mic, and we will uh, get you on board with the show. But I think what was also encouraging about yesterday's matches, after they scored, they still kept the pressure up. They still were on the front foot trying to look for that second goal. And that's something that I don't think TFC fans have seen in quite a while, uh, probably since 2020, in terms of not only scoring the goal, but then keeping control of the game and not allowing Atlanta to sort of, you know, get back into the game really easily. Uh, in, in many ways, that goes down, I think, to uh, your, your midfield and your defenders. Um, because I thought both uh, returning Chris Mavinga and Carlos Salcedo 
had fantastic games at center back uh, last night. Uh, they put Joseph Martinez, you know, in their pocket and he never got out. Uh, and that's not hard. That's not easy to do. Even post-injury, Joseph Martinez, it's not easy to do. He had a great game last week. So, you know, being able to corral those players in that first half and really keep the pressure up and win the ball back in, in key areas uh, was impressive uh, as well. And, and, and that is something that you hope TFC can continue to exude. I mean, these games are coming thick and fast. They got to play again midweek um, this week. But, uh, you know, if they can keep that up, you're, you're starting to see the shells of a team that um, – that might be able to, to make some noise uh, come the stretch uh, of the regular season. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we don't want to get, get too hyped up, you know, cause it's not as if we, we hadn't had a, a decent run earlier in the season, but you know, I guess it, it's, it's the form of, of how the team as, as a whole is playing. Um, you know, you're having, like you said, guys coming back from injury, you know, that was, like when's the last time we saw Chris Mavinga get a full ninety, right? And and play the way he played, not you know. And again, I'm not the the goal was 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 a, a combination. Like because I'm sure people will be like, oh, that was his fault. There was no you can't put the blame on him. Um, it was a combination of 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 I think the team just falling asleep for for a second and, and allowing them to dribble it right down the middle and come down and score. But. Um, you're right. So Sato and him played, you know, as a, as a center back pairing, what we anticipated and wanted to see from the two of them from day one. We finally, I guess, got a glimpse of what, you know, two healthy center backs can bring to the table. And, you know, you saw them controlling their, the wing backs, making sure that they were always where they need to be. Um, I especially saw it when Jade Nelson came, or sorry, uh, Jaquil Marshall Rush ready came on. Salcedo was always in his ear, making sure he was keeping up, making sure, you know, understanding he's young and that's not his his natural position. They're making sure that they're there, got, you know, to what you want your, your defensive core to be, you know, communicating, always knowing where each other is, always making sure that, you know, as a center back, you're you're placing your wing backs in the right spot. Yes. Uh and and I think, you know, I I will give special shout outs to Chris Mavinga and to Kosi Thompson as well. Look, there's a lot of guys who had really good games yesterday. Um, I'm going to highlight them both for, for a couple of specific reasons. Um, one, I thought Mavinga kind of looked like the Mavinga we have all come to know, right? Like, yes, the goal. Okay. Yes, absolutely. He was beaten. I thought he was just beaten by a really good player that made a really good play. Sometimes you have to throw your hands up. And and uh, say, look, I think Arujo, our our host, or no, yeah, it is Arujo. Sorry, um, you know, he out of all the Atlanta players, he was the most dangerous on the pitch, uh, and he made a really good move, especially to be able to slow him down and then pick up the acceleration again. Uh, most center backs get beaten by that, so I, I don't, I don't mind that. Um, that's going to happen sometimes, you know. But I think overall. Uh, Mavinga's game was clean. Uh, and Bob Bradley's uh, post-game uh, comments about him were were spot on. I thought he was engaged. I thought his decision making was was really good. Uh, you know, in terms of not only positionally where he was defensively, but also on the ball as well. Made a couple of good um, sort of line splitting passes that got TFC into forward motion towards goal. And, and I think that's something. You know, as, as Shane O'Neill is a very good footballer and is proving to be someone who's very good at stepping into these spots, you know, that's kind of an irreplaceable thing that, that uh, Chris Mavinga does really well for the squad. And when it's gone, it's, no, it's noticeable when, it, when it's not there, right? And, and, that's, and that's a big thing. And then with Kosi, I'm just continuously impressed with Kosi Thompson. Like, you know, a lot of people are talking about Jaden Nelson sort of being the young breakout player this year. Fair, and and I I I, ha- I definitely have a shout for that too. But Kosi, he has grown so much as a player um, and as a right back, uh, which is incredible to say because I mean, look, he came out of the academy as attacking midfielder, right? Like, you know, that guy really is kind of a a ten slash maybe a right sided winger. Um, or right-sided attacking midfielder. 
for him to to start picking up the right back role, and he's still not perfect, right? By no means am I saying he's the finished article there, but he has really impressed me in terms of his his positioning is getting better game by game. Uh, you know, I think his physicality uh, with players, he's being more physical and winning the ball back from players. He still has moments where I think he tries to do a little too much with the ball when trying to carry it. Um, moving forward, but defensively, I'm seeing improvement there. Um, and that's really impressive uh, to me. I don't know if anybody else in the room, you know, has thoughts on those two players, uh, Mavinga or um, uh, Kosey Thompson or any other, any other player that you saw last night that you're really enjoying. Again, I, as always, we encourage you to grab the mic there uh, on the bottom left-hand corner um, and jump in with your thoughts. But, Sean, was there anybody – um, that sort of stood out to you last night in terms of their performance? Well, I have to give a shout-out to Oso. I mean, I just think what he brings to the table for the team is so integral, and you can't – like, you really can't re- replace a player like him, right? And when you see him on the pitch, and his, he's truly become a leader – and almost you can almost say that he's like a vice captain when he's on that pitch, and how he's – like, I just – having him healthy and having him back just is a, is an asset and a blessing for me um, when he was on the pitch. So he, as always, you know, stands out, but it was a big moment, you know, seeing, seeing what he, you know, what he brings that goal, just everything for him. And, and, you know, it was, it was, it was a great moment uh, and a great night for him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, I guess we'll have to talk about in terms of, uh, you know, let, let's maybe for now put the goalkeeping controversy to bed. Okay, it's Quentin Westberg's job, right? Um, there were some collective breaths when he uh, collided with uh, Arujo in the uh, second half there, um, but you know, it's his job now, uh, and it has his, to be. Yeah, it's his like, I, and and I think the the worst thing that could have happened is is Bradley made a comment a few weeks ago where he kind of said, "Oh, it was always my plan to rotate it." rotate them the problem is is when the team is rounding out at this time and getting real positive results it's not just a matter of all right you know they they fought back and and got a draw you're seeing a, a more, you know like i said just at least with the past two games dominant performances you know where they control play where they, where regardless of the score line they were the better team in that 90 right um so how can you not like he solidified that spot plain and simple and you know unless again injury or the team just happens to go on another uh slump you you you'd figure you know for the most part he's going to get majority of the games absolutely okay um we've got uh, a guest or a speaker to come on in uh oop, did we lose him we might have lost him. He might come. He might jump back in here in a second. Uh, oh, sorry there. Uh, it looks like we were looking at uh, W Buckingham. You wanna, if you wanna request the mic again, uh, we'll get you back in here. Sorry, there might have been an issue where you dropped out. Um, but go ahead and request the mic again, uh, W Buckingham, and we'll get you into the show. But yeah, no, I, I agree. That I think from a distribution perspective, from a safe hands perspective, I. I don't think right now you can go back to, to Bono. Um, I, I, again, I do think that we will see him again at some point this season um, for sure. But I, I don't think right now you can, you can honestly say with a straight face that, um, that, uh, that Bono could, should be the number one right now. It just, just, I don't think that's, that's possible. As you said, there's, there should not be any form of controversy. The, we've, you know, just by the overall play uh, defensively. And, and defensive isn't just the four guys. That includes your keeper. There's a noticeable difference uh, in a positive way. And, you know, it, maybe it, the, the sad reality is, is when a team is confident in the guy behind them, they, they have a natural confidence. So, you know, when you have a confident, you're confident in your keeper, you have less mental stress on the defensive end. Yes, absolutely. 
Um, and you can see that, I think, in, in the play uh, of the defenders uh, with Westberg. I think they're much more comfortable with him back there um, uh, w- when they're playing other uh, football. Uh, w- we'll talk about a little bit. I mean, if there's, again, nitpicking on things in the game, uh, that the, the beginning of the second half, I think, was tough. Uh, I think that, um, you know, in terms of just their ability to control a game after the, the halftime or the, the start of the second half whistle, a little, little lacking, and it led to the goal. Um, but I think you always, in a game, kind of expect a team of Atlanta's quality, and look, Atlanta are still – you still have quality players, right? Um, and, and there's still a, a team that can they can hurt you in, in different ways. Uh, and I, I, you know, if there's an arg, if there's a small thing in nitpick there, I just thought they lost their way for about 15, maybe 10, 15 minutes after the start of the second half, uh, which which then obviously came to Atlanta's came to Atlanta's goal. But aside from that, Atlanta really didn't. Prov- really didn't pose too many dangerous moments aside from sort of just trying to throw the kitchen sink at the end of, at the end of the game. Yeah. I think I would have to agree with that. Um, I, again, every team is going to have an unfortunate moment. Like you, it's hard to play perfect soccer for the full 90 minutes. Right. Um, and I think the key factor for TFC is just trying to minimize the mistakes what during those moments of lull or moments of where you know you're put under more pressure right you know because if we look at the goal it all started almost from center half when uh him and s got uh tur- got lost the ball right and then he kind of looked up as if there was a foul to me it was just a hard fought battle he tur- it, it was a turnover and atlanta attacked and like you said with the kind of offense that atlanta has you can't allow like a moment of like a, a brief moment of, of mistake, that's what happens, right? When you when you're kind of playing, you're you're in that lull. You're not in that. You're not as sharp as you need to be, right? And I think that goal kind of woke them up, and we saw them get back into the more dominant team where they controlled possession and controlled the play, and you know, fought back, got that goal. And even when we saw six minutes, six ridiculous minutes of extra time, um, you know, the team had held, held their ground and, and held on, on to the end. So I was quite pleased overall. I, like I said, you can always nitpick, but even the nitpicking isn't worth, worth um, dwelling on. Right. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I agree. Now there's one thing I did want to bring up that you did actually mention last, after last week's, uh, after Wednesday's game. And it's a physical nature that you're seeing in the team. And when they're going in for a tackle, they're not looking. They're looking to basically show the other team that we're not going to be soft. We're not going to get pushed around. Um, you know, yes, there's times when some of our players are still getting, you know, Jade Nelson's not a strong man, so he will get pushed off the ball. But you see the aggressive nature of winning balls back, going after, you know, a hard slide tackle, not just kind of going in soft. And, that is something that, you know, again, I saw it last night that I was like, you know what? There, it, there's a difference in the team. And that's, yeah. a, that's another factor that I, that I picked up. Yeah, no, and I, I think that, again, that speaks to the start of their games, right? Like they're getting into players' faces. They're pressing a lot more and a lot higher up the pitch, forcing mistakes, and they're, they're conceding more possession. I think the last two games, they actually, well, the Montreal game is a bit different because uh, they did just dominate the game. But uh, in this game, this was one of the first games where they didn't actually um, have, I, I don't think they had over, usually they have around 49, 50% possession in games. They were down somewhere in the mid forties in terms of possession and in terms of the stats, but yet their expected goals went way up. Right. Like, so I think there is a tactical change there from Bob Bradley to say, like, hey, maybe we don't have to worry about necessarily controlling the ball all the time. Um, you know, sometimes it's OK to you know, press and win the ball back and and uh, attack that way. And then you'll worry about sort of your possession game once you have the ball. Um, in those more dangerous areas. Right. It's funny. We always um, 
we always kind of make fun of Chris Armas about that, but he wasn't necessarily wrong in the way that he was thinking. The execution was bad, but the way he was thinking in terms of trying to win the ball in those um, dangerous areas and then building from there is actually kind of the right way to think about, you know, how to attack and play and press. Right. It's just that execution wise, it was terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The whole, the whole point of pressing is, is having a turnover in the final third. So it allows your team a more uh, effective attacking possession, right? Because you're you're not focusing on the buildup from your end. You're actually already in 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 an attack-minded zone. And more often than not, if you can get a high turnover, you you catch the team defensively, maybe short man because you know their mid couple of their midfielders start to step up high. That's the whole point of a high of a high press. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's been working well for them. Um, you know, we'll see if they can continue that on Wednesday night. Um, I, I think we're going to have to spend a few minutes to talk about uh, the game-winning goal from Ralph Preso. Um, what Beauty. a hit. Beauty. One footer. Beauty. Yeah, this is the first time. What a hit. Um, we have it pinned uh, if somehow you're in this room and did not watch this game. Uh, it, it is pinned at the top uh, here. If you are on your phone, you should be able to see um, a highlight of it. But, you know, again, that comes off of another high press, right? Like it, yes, Michael Bradley tries to reverse pass into Jacob Schaffelberg. Uh, it does get cut out. But because Ralph has stepped uh, in uh, high into those spaces, you know he's right there to to win sort of the the, the deflected uh, the deflection from the Atlanta player, and then just to have the confidence to step into that uh, and hit it first time on his favorite left foot. I mean, Noah had no chance uh, on that. The way he hit it and the pace that he hit it at, it was kind of almost by him before he really could get his hand to it. I know on the replay it looks like maybe he should have got a hand to it, but you know from that he, it was already by him by that point. Um, and it, it really was just a really great hit and it was a great celebration and it was great to see, you know, like he's all the young guys were just mobbing up, right? Like, you know, Ralph goes, Kosi says something to him about a knee slide. He, Ralph was talking about that after the game, you know, IO big bear hug, everybody's piling on. Like, I, I think you could feel that the team really needed that goal and really wanted this win to sort of start to, you know, put some wind in their sails and, and potentially go for a run as, you know, we're about to hit the transfer window. Well, I mean, one thing you, you can tell with the, uh, with the young kids is that they're, they have their own little mini connection and bond. And they, the joy that they're getting from each other, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's in many ways you can almost feel, see that the, they're all, getting gaining that confidence together and it's it's infectious and and they just like they don't have that like i i just want to be the goal scorer and they get upset if someone else they're 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 happy no matter who pops it in the net and anytime it's one of them it's even more joyful like you know because i only knew not didn't score enough last but it seemed the joy on his face was as if he scored the goal and that's that's that brotherhood that those young young players have, and it's very it's good to see. It's, I'm so happy for. Them. Yeah, I I think, and especially because I, we talked about it um, on the last show, he's coming back from injury, and I think you know some of the struggles are just down to him trusting his body again, right? When you go through a major injury like that, um, you, you know, it's, it, a lot of players talk about it. I think also talked about it um, a bit as well in the past where it's hard for you to trust your body again, to, to want to go in and make those tackles and, and try to extend yourself um, when you've had, and when you first made your injury. Uh, we talked about it in the context of both Ralph and IO last week. And I think IO was a little bit ahead of him in terms of just getting that fitness and that match sharpness back. And you're starting to see that with Ralph now um, the last two games, right? Like again, stepping into things, you know, one of his, one of his traits, one of the best things that I love about him is he really has a Michael Bradley instinct to be able to step in and win a ball. Like he really does have, it's not as evolved as Michael Bradley sort of in his prime when he first got the PFC, but he's got that same kind of sort of move um, first step to him. And that is, um, that is really impressive to see. 
Um, so big goal for him. I thought I, I also thought they just lifted the crowd as well. I thought the crowd was fantastic last night. Um, late arriving as usual, but as it filled in, um, you really got a sense that, you know, it's summertime in Toronto and the summertime vibes at BMO when it's fully back um, is a great vibe. And, and that goal just got everybody really going. And you could sense that people thought, you know, something special might be happening. Yeah. Um, again, everything you said for regarding um, Ralph, spot on. Um, the crowd... Yeah, that that second goal gave them that like because I think what we we kind of like all right we want we really wanted to see them like kind of give them that little extra boost the team like whatever they needed we just we need we, and I think it was just before that goal we start to do the thunderclap and then they score the goal which kind of like oh there goes that but that just kind of got everyone in the stadium like. It was a unified voice. It was when, like you said, when when that stadium is packed and every and the buzz is going, you like that noise is infectious. Doesn't matter where you sit, you want to just be part of it. And and your that vibe was definitely, you know, by the end of the game, it was massive. I mean, you like you said, I know you posted that that the clip of of the celebration at, outside, like. I had to go to the washroom after and literally like before they went outside the gates, they were literally blocking your way when you were walking from outside the stadium just to get to the, the concession area and where the washroom was. But they were just like, that's how, how, how happy it. And, and just, uh, you know, we were all on a wave, a high last night after that win. And, you know, the players come, you could see even in the players faces after the game, you know, like you, when the team is winning and the confidence there, you can see it in each one of them. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think that, uh, I think that just from the, the vibe section, like a cap of the second half for Kings and, and like you could tell even after the goal uh, for Atlanta, when they tied it up, you could still see that there was this, you know, the team was still playing well, right? Like the, the, the team really started to, get back on the front foot again. Uh, probably took him maybe about five minutes after the goal to, to really start to kick on again. Um, but when they made the subs, when they brought in Schaffelberg and, and Marshall Ruddy, I think that was the needed change of pace. And it sort of got the team back on, on track. Uh, and and I, you could just tell that the crowd was really behind the team um, at that point, which Look, uh, the beginning of the season wasn't exactly the case. Uh, you know, I think there was a lot of trepidation on, on what this team would be um, because there were so many new faces um, as part of the team. Um, but I think now you're starting to see that sort of, uh, you know, trust and, and, and push uh, to get this team to where it needs to be. Um, and obviously the Insignia thing helps. Of course, he was there. He participated in the Viking clap, as, as probably a lot of you saw uh, on social media, uh, and I and I think that I think that helps with the vibe in the stadium. You know, long term, you know, we'll we'll see how everything goes um, from that perspective. But I think that uh, yesterday is a good step in the right direction. We're not there yet, obviously. It's it's still a lot to to build on and get better at. And um, you know, the next couple of games are going to be good tests uh, for the team going forward. A big six pointer against Columbus on uh, Wednesday night as we're tied on points with them um, in, in the table right now. Um, I know some people have been having some issues trying to connect uh, their mics to the uh, to the show today. So apologize for that. I don't know what's going on um, in, in terms of spaces. If you do have questions or comments, though, feel free to um, text them into us. Uh, just at mention us uh, at TFC Tunnel Club. Uh, follow us. Give us uh, a follow and you can tweet at us or DM us directly uh, and I'll read them out in uh, before the show ends uh, today. But um, I do want to talk a little bit more about just the overall sort of vibes uh, in, in the stadium. You know, I think one of the things that, um, that I'm really sort of intrigued about is, you know, and Michael Singh has talked about it a couple of times about sort of the, the, the switch over when summer comes to the city uh, and, and when people start coming back out the TFC, uh, and I, what I was really encouraged to, uh, to see yesterday was a lot. So in the South End, and specifically, I can only really talk about 116, but 
Um, there were kids in the section, but it wasn't just sort of kids kind of just not really being involved. They were getting involved. Um, and I think that's always sometimes, uh, for me, always a worry uh, with supporter groups and, and, and just to support in general, you know, passing that on to the next generation. Um, and, and that was really encouraging to see they were really in it. Um, and obviously, uh, they, they're, what, who they're connecting to isn't the Michael Bradleys and even Jonathan Osorios. Some of those young kids, they're connecting to a Jaquiel Marshall Ruddy, to a DeAndre Kerr, to a Kosey Thompson, to a Ralph Preso, right? Um, and that is that was interesting. That was the first time I had really seen something like that, and that was neat to see. Yeah, um, actually, I have a question for you. Was uh, talking about the the uh, um, the fans. Roughly, how many more fans do you think? Like, what was the announced attendance last night? Around twenty five and a half, I think. So here's the thing. So we've been to you know I think outside of this past Wednesday, I've been to you know we've both been to every majority of the games, and you know maybe early on, well, season opener we had a good crowd. It dipped a little bit, but. For the most part, attendance-wise, it's been consistently over 23,000. You know, that 23, like, the key for me to see how the, the vibe, like, yes, as the summer comes, you know, key factors having Saturday night games versus, you know, mid-afternoon games in the hot sun. Uh, you're going to have now the buzz of, of Insignia coming, which we already know has, has already uh, been an uptick in ticket sales. Um because if you if you don't have a ticket for the for his July 9th um yeah, you're not getting <laughs> you're not getting right yeah, or um, you're paying you're paying uh you know you're paying a part of your mortgage yeah, for it. exactly right so you know i'm 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 wondering like are we going to see the insane fans who are just going to come out and, and cheer when he's there are we, or could they could we turn those those fans into loving the vibe and the environment and the crowd. Like, I mean, the fact that you got him getting the Viking clap, whether he was just doing because everyone's doing it or he just felt the buzz, you know, that, that has to be a positive. Yeah. It's a, that's an interesting question. Um, I think you, I mean, like, look, I think when Seba came, you know, if you, if you relate it to S Sebastian Juvenko's arrival, um, you know, yeah, some people were there for Seba and, that was it. And that's fine. Right. Like, I, I you, you know, it is what it is from that perspective. I, I think though, you do have an opportunity to get people to become TC fans. Well, not everybody's going to become diehard supporter group people, right. They're going to just be people that come to matches and consistently whether Insigne is here or not. Right. Um, but I think either way, it's a good thing for the team. Right. I, I think you have, you know, you, you know, I think that that era of those first signings with, look, even Jermaine Defoe to a certain extent, right? Like that got people to come to TFC and like Defoe left after uh, after one season and people still stuck around, right? And they still supported the team. So I think you have uh, an opportunity to bring new people into the to the club or bring people that, you know, maybe fell off or coming back. And maybe this time they stick around, right? It's it, because I think the difference between that era, in my opinion, uh, and this era now is at that era, all those players that came to play off TFC were kind of bought players in a sense that, you know, you either bought them from the, you know, bought them on the transfer market or there were free signings or, you know, there were MLS veterans that you traded in. Aside from Jonathan Osorio and Ashton Morgan, you didn't have guys that were local, right? And and, and Toronto doesn't need that, by the way. Um, I think Tej Shahoda in the past has made this point that, you know, Toronto doesn't really care if you're necessarily a homegrown guy, right? If you come from Colombia and embrace Toronto and play your ass off, they're going to love you anyway, right? Um, I think, though, the difference here is that with these young guys being Toronto or GTA guys, I think that will give a certain level of, okay, I'll stick around to watch these guys, even if, you know, eventually Insignia takes off. And you're going to have sort of that same dynamic uh, here. Uh, you know, in terms of some people are going to go and that's fine. Um, but I think you'll have a lot of people that also stick, stick around and, and support the team. 
Well, I'm, I'm encouraged by the buzz. I think, you know, um, there's definitely a, a he's a, he's a you know, bigger name, obviously. Um, but uh, I'm encouraged to, 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 you know, if the team's playing well and you're truly a footy fan, you know, you, you would think you will grow, grow uh, your numbers, at least going into next year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we got a comment here from Chris just saying, just uh, sort of going back to a little bit what we talked about in terms of Chris Mavinga, just saying had an excellent game, three or four important shot blocks and tackles. Absolutely. Um, yes, Mavinga got embarrassed by the Rougeau, uh goal. As I said before, uh, you, you kind of live with that, right? Like, you know, I think that, um, you know, overall for a player that's just coming back from injury and just, you know, sort of trying to get his fitness back. Um, I, I thought he played a fantastic game. So Chris, no, I, I, I completely agree with you there. If anybody else has any sort of last comments about yesterday's game, uh, we're going to wrap up the show probably in the next five minutes, go ahead and uh, text us. Uh, we're having some issues with people connecting with the mic. Uh, if you do want to try to connect with the mic, feel free Request it at the bottom left hand corner. We'll try to get you in. Um, I know uh, W Buckingham has been trying to connect. Um, so if you want to go ahead and text us, uh, your question or your thought, uh, please do so at TFC Tunnel Club. Um, just wrapping up here, really, uh, next, you know, next game is going to be Wednesday against Columbus. Uh, another tough test for this team. I know Columbus has kind of been inconsistent, kind of like we've been. Um, their inconsistency is a little bit more of a surprise, I think, than ours. Um, I thought they would have a bounce back year this year, but you know, um, they are also struggling uh, in the table. They're actually below us, I believe, in the table, um, though they have the same amount of points. Uh, so this is definitely a six-pointer because you need to start for Toronto FC uh, beating the teams that are in and around you to start making that climb, right? And in uh, uh, right now, that Wednesday sort of starts that. Uh, they play a couple of West uh, Western Conference teams after that in Seattle, and uh, Colorado, which um, that will be the Colorado game will be Insigne's first game. No, but I, no, isn't oh, San, San Jose, Jose? San Jose, never mind, San Jose. You're right. I, yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's Seattle, San Jose, um, Columbus. Then, no, um, is it Colorado? Uh, one sure of the other C, the other C team. There's another C team in the East or West or. Um, yeah, that's They're how blue. that's how much I've been paying attention to the schedule. They're the blue team. They're the blue team with the C. Oh, Charlotte. 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 Yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. Sorry, I'm getting my columns to Charlotte wrong. Uh, yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, but I think, you know, with the Columbus game, I think that's the one you kind of have to um, sort of dial in on right now because I think that's a game you need to win, right? I think you need to take points off those uh those teams in and around you to start making that climb that charlotte game also in a couple of weeks will be important as well as they're and, above us in the table and not just that i mean the you're coming up with you know basically like two games every week right so you're going to be like this is the busy schedule for them so it's especially home games it's crucial to get those not just like points is one thing but at home wins is even more crucial Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you look at the schedule, um, you know, it's Columbus Wednesday. They got Seattle next week, um, which will be a tough one. Um, but Seattle has not been traveling uh, well. Um, then San Jose, uh, away to Chicago, away to Montreal in the Derby, and then home to Charlotte uh, on the 23rd. So, uh, you know, from that perspective, you know, I think you've, you've got some key games in there against teams that you need to kind of reel in. Uh, and also some interesting tests there, uh, especially with Seattle thrown in. So uh, that's sort of the the look of Toronto FC in the next couple of weeks uh, into July um, as we kind of get into the thick of the summer stretch of the schedule, which are which is going to be important. I think it's going to be important for them to to start making moves uh, in July. Um, Sean, any last thoughts uh, before we wrap up today's show? Oh. Sorry. Um, um, yeah, no, I think for the most part, um, you know, we've touched on everything. Um, again, we got two, two wins in a row, two positive results. Uh, the team is playing 
better. So, you know, I'm happy. Uh, I can't wait for Wednesday night. Um, I can't wait for this. Like, truthfully, I'm, I'm about the buzz right now. So I'm really like seeing how the team's playing, knowing that we've got reinforcements coming. I'm on a bit of a buzz. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to get too high. I'm not going to think that, you know, everything's great. Long way to go, but I'm happy where we are at the moment. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's okay. I think it's okay to be hopeful um, at this point because there, there are signs. Um, like I said, they're not quite there yet, but there are signs that, uh, you know, this team is, is maybe starting to click a little bit and gel a little bit. Um, you know, as, as somebody out there in Twitter land, I don't know who it was, I saw a post there, you know, um, they kind of bring up the whole Joel and be trust the process thing. Um, and I guess maybe we do in a little bit, uh, with, uh, with Bob Bradley. Um, so again, preach the patience, enjoy the kids, um, for now. Uh, and then, um, hold on because transfer, Transfer window opens in about a week and a bit, uh, and that's going to be that's going to be a fun time, I think, for TFC fans as they kind of see who's coming in to bolster the roster. Um, but we'll end the Tunnel Club uh, a day after show there. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, you know, we we really appreciate those who listen and interact with the show. Um, on behalf of Sean, uh, my name is Mike. Continue to tune into the t- Tunnel Club. Follow us at uh, TFC Tunnel Club. Also, uh, follow our Big Brother podcast uh, at Toronto Till I Die. We will be back on the podcast tip tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Um, But on behalf of Sean, uh, my name is Mike. Thanks for listening into the Tunnel Club. Have a great Sunday evening, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, after the game on Wednesday. Take care, guys. (laughs) 